We are helping owners create cash flow and pay down their mortgage, while our guests feel like a millionaire for the time that they stay with us. It's no secret that focusing on others' outcome ultimately leads to more income for you and your company. Welcome to the Good Endeavor Short-Term Rental Show. Welcome to the Good Endeavor Short-Term Rental Show. I'm your host, Mark McDaniel. I'm super excited today to welcome a really good friend of mine, Dr. Bobby Harrington. Bobby has become a friend of mine because he's actually a pastor at the church where I go. And a little background on Bobby, I'm going to read this off. It's too much to memorize. But Bobby's (laughs) got a PhD in theology and philosophy. He's a pastor at a church with 2,500 people in attendance normally, regularly. He's a short-term rental investor and self-manager, so that'll be encouraging for some of you guys out there. He's actually run seven 100-mile ultramarathons. Really impressive. He's a running coach and a leadership coach. Welcome to the show, Bobby. Thanks Thanks for joining us. Yeah, Mark. Thanks for having me here. Really appreciate what you do and really looking forward to this. It's going to be really great. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Well, I touched on a little bit about who you are and what you've done, but kind of go back a little bit before that and tell us a little bit about, you know, kind kind of how you kind of came up through this and your mindset going into a lot of your investments and your athletics and uh, just your kind of can-do-it attitude. Yeah. So for me, you know, the journey into like real estate and short-term rentals and all that kind of was like an accidental one. Like a lot of people, we had a you know, we have a house that we owned during the real estate crash in 08. And we were moving to where we live now to start a brand new church and we couldn't sell the house. And so, you know, cause the value got cut in half. And so we were kind of stuck with it. And so that was kind of our entry into real estate. So, you know, we've been into real estate for, you know, like 11 years now, but then it was just, there was no real purpose behind it. It was just, man, there's nothing else we could do, but to sort of keep this, you know, house, Uh, But, you know, I've always been interested in, you know, traveling and, you know, doing the uh, ultra running like I do and being in the mountains. We travel to a lot of really cool places that we love to go to. You know, we've been to many, many mountain towns all over the U.S. and we've done longer summer trips and, you know, had a sabbatical a number of years ago. and We kind of traveled all over. And so it really gave us a hunger for that kind of guest experience with short-term rentals, just because we were going to all these different towns and, you know, we were almost always, you know, going through Airbnb or VRBO, basically going the short-term rental route and getting to be on the other side of that experience and knowing what we like and knowing the types of places we like. And even from very early on, my wife and I got married 17 years ago. We always kind of had in our hearts a little bit, the idea of wanting to start a wedding venue or retreat venue or or something like that. And so some of those things have always somewhat been of a desire for us. And so that's how we kind of, you know, ended up getting into it. For me, kind of everything that, you know, I do in my own life, whether that's, you know, being a pastor or being a running coach or being an investor, it ultimately is just about, you know, trying to kind of go after the dreams in my own heart to just create the life that we feel like will be most impactful and most fulfilling for us. And so I don't really segment any of those things from my own just kind of personal what we're trying to go after as a family. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a little bit every one of those has a dose of hospitality in it. Obviously, being a pastor does. Being a coach is where you come alongside somebody and 
kind of help them rise up and help them achieve what kind of their vision for their life, both leadership and running. And then obviously this business is not a real estate business. It's a hospitality business. So it sounds like uh, a lot of the things that you've done previously and are currently doing are transferable skills. Would that be, would that be accurate? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think you can, you know, you could think about like what you're, what you're naturally good at and, you know, a job that you've done or a hobby that you've had or a passion that you have. And there's probably going to be something in that, whether you realize it or not, that you're able to transfer over to another business or to short-term rentals. Yeah. And there's no doubt, you know, many of those things I'm involved with, they're, they're people, you know, they're people businesses. That's kind of the ultimate goal. And for me, the way that I think about it is, you know, a lot of times people kind of think of like profit as the ultimate goal and profit is like an outcome the way I think about it. But the big input is just like somebody's experience. You know, like if you could focus on creating the outcome for somebody that they're trying to go after, you know, so for like my coaching, you know, it's people really trying to accomplish their dreams. You know, they want to go run a big race or they want to run a marathon. And how is that going to contribute to the rest of their life? You know, for somebody in terms of short term rentals, you know, and like most of the places that we own, it's like, man, you know, they have a chance to go on a one week vacation, you know, in the summer, and they're just trying to have a really great experience with their family. And that's kind of their goal to go and make memories with their family, have an experience they're going to remember for a long time. And so profits are like the outcome of creating that good experience. But for me, the focus, like I see people talking so much about the profits and pricing and all this different stuff. And it's not that that stuff's not important, but for me, the primary thing that I'm thinking about is like, okay, how do I just create the good experience for somebody? Yeah. How do I communicate with them? relate with them. You know, everything I'm doing is not like, oh, can I extract a little bit of more money out of them? It's how do I help them have just an awesome experience? And then that's going to translate to everything you're trying to do on the business side, you know, the, the outcome side. Yeah. Let me put that in perspective for our listeners. Like if you focus on what Bobby just said and you take care of the guests from our, from our standpoint, we're investors and property managers, so if we're blessing the guests and we're blessing the owner, but in this particular case, if you're blessing the guests, the acquisition, I mean, if your total focus is on creating an incredible experience for that guest and it's not on like, okay, can I charge them a little bit extra for this or charge them a little bit extra for this? Because then your whole focus gets distracted. But if you do that, ultimately your acquisition costs, that guest is going to want to come back and they know like if, man, they gave 100% focus on me, that guest is going to want to come back. And so ultimately that acquisition cost actually goes down long-term. If you can keep that long-term focus, it's easy just from a, you know, <clears throat> P&L standpoint, if you're sitting there and you're focused on, well, how do I, you know, make money this week? But if you're actually, if if you can get yourself to only focus on the hospitality side of it. And so I tell folks a lot of times, if you're approaching this from a pure investor standpoint, maybe hosting isn't the right thing for you. But if you're approaching this from, hey, I'm going to build a business to where I can affect people's lives in a positive way and give them great experiences and profit will take care of itself, then this could be the right business for you. Yeah, totally. I mean, honestly, I think of that in terms of pricing too, you know, in short-term rentals, like I know people are trying to, 
always have like the most efficient pricing and get the most they can for that date and all that. And that's fine. But I don't ever want someone to show up because, you know, they were in a pinch and the way it got priced, you know, they paid too much. And I don't want them to show up and be like, man, this is nice, but this feels a little much, you know, what I paid for. Like, I want people to get there and be like, wow, man, this is great. You know, like, okay, yeah, this maybe was expensive, this particular house or this particular rental, but it's totally worth it. You know, like, I don't Mm -hmm. want you know, the pricing to be such that someone's like, oh man, it feels like I overpaid a little bit for this thing. Because I think if you're if you're going after experience, then to me, I also want the price to reflect someone being really appreciative for just the whole experience. We're on the topic of experience. I would love to kind of hear, first of all, where are your properties? What are they? And kind of what do you do to create just a, a different experience that somebody might not get anywhere else? We have four properties right now in three different markets. So we have a short-term rental where we live in Greensboro, North Carolina. That could It's in the type of area where it could be a midterm rental, but it's totally a short-term rental. We have two short-term rentals kind of out, outside of Asheville, North Carolina in the mountains. Mm-hmm. And then we have a short-term rental that burned down in Pigeon Forge that is about to get relaunched in the next two to three weeks. So... In terms of the experience we're creating, you know, our our mountain properties are places we would personally like to go. And so they're places with all those properties have just like incredible unobstructed like mountain views, you know, mm-hmm. because like when we travel a lot of times, these different mountain cities, you know, because we're always going to these types of places for ultra running stuff. You know, our whole family will go to these towns and go run on all the trails and all the mountains. And so we're very familiar with like the really cool peaks and the really cool mountains. And so in in those markets, and I could see us doing way more of that in the future, we're kind of like investing and creating experiences for people like us, Mm. you know, that that want to be in the mountains, that want to get that kind of like I'm near a city, but I'm somewhat off the grid you know, not a ton of people around have these incredible mountain views. And so that's the type of experience we're trying to create. And then, you know, I'm just trying to have really good communication around all of that really good communication with the guests in terms of what to expect, great communication when they're there, and then great kind of like follow up communication on the very back end. That's awesome. That's awesome. Man, you've got such a unique story and it's so unusual. I mean, generally when somebody thinks of somebody being a pastor for a living, they don't think of, you know, real estate investor or even mm-hmm. running coach for that instance. Tell us a little bit about, I mean, is this just kind of how you're wired? You talked a little bit about how you got into it kind of accidentally, but then you've kind of latched on and you've you've taken off and you've been very intentional about making this part of it. How do you I think a lot of listeners would be encouraged and be interested to hear and like, how do you not square that in your mind, but how do you think about investing and then being a pastor? Do you, do you kind of separate those or is it kind of like just a big part of, you know, the overall Bobby Harrington? Yeah. For a long time, these different areas of my life, it was kind of like, they did feel somewhat like segmented. And I'm sure people can feel that, you know, where it's like you have a job and maybe you have some investing you do and then maybe you have some hobby, you know, and they all feel really separated. But I think over the years, I've come to realize, like, this is just who I am. You know, like I like to create stuff. I like to help people. 
I like to go after my own huge adventures and dreams that I kind of have in my heart. And I really like to help others do the same, you know, so whether that's through the church, helping people spiritually and emotionally, you know, whether that's through the running coaching, which is all about helping people kind of go after these huge aspirations, these huge dreams that they have, Mm -hmm. or whether that's, you know, kind of short-term rentals, helping create an awesome experience. My family, we've had some of our greatest kind of family memories when we've done some of these really awesome trips. I had a chance, the church gave me a sabbatical the summer of 2019, and we did this just epic trip, Arizona, Colorado, you know, it was like six weeks long and we stayed at just some of the most epic places to go, you know, Flagstaff, Sedona, Breckenridge, like Crested Butte, just all over these just amazing places and amazing short-term rental markets also. And two years after that, my kids, they would remember like the name of that donut shop, you know, in the specific town, or they would remember like a specific trail name in Flagstaff, like They remember we saw the sunrise in the Grand Canyon, and it really just struck me like, wow, when you get outside of your normal kind of routine and you go like on these trips and you're creating these new memories, like they have the chance to be some of the most like memorable parts of your whole life. So for me in the short term rental investing, like, yeah, part of it's like financial independence, part of it's financial, you know, part of it's just like what we're trying to create in our own life so that we can save more and give more and have more. But a lot of it is just helping to create these same experiences for other people and kind of being a part of that experience for them. So your question about like, how does all this fit together? I really see all these things kind of fitting together, like in our life and what our family is trying to do, you know? So like our hobbies and business and what we love to do and where we feel like we make an impact in the world we don't see those as segmented at all. You know, we see those all as part of like one flywheel for our own life and for the impact we're trying to make on the world. Yeah. And something for our viewers, something that Bobby does is this kind of leadership coaching and life coaching and helps other folks understand what that looks like in their life, you know, all the way from the vision to the goals, to the strategy, down to the culture and the daily habits something he does and he's actually helped me with. So tell us a little bit about that, Bobby. Tell us a little bit about your thought process around. And obviously, we don't want to get too far off of short-term rentals, but I think this has a lot to do with why somebody might get into this space, why somebody might become a manager. Like if they paint this vision for their life and it looks like traveling across the United States while creating incredible experiences for other people, then you know, you can back into what you need to do every single day to get there. And so tell us a little bit about that and how you think about that. Yeah. So I feel like a mistake that people make sometimes, and we've probably all seen these where you have this, you know, you have this like pie chart of your life, right? And it has like the different segments of your life. You know, you have like your physical health and your emotional health and your marriage and your business and all these different things, you know, and you basically just ask, okay, how am I doing in each of these different areas of life? Where that breaks down is you're not asking, how do these things actually connect to one another? Like, how can I invest in a type of business that's not just going to make me money, but it's going to fit into my life? You know, like, how can my family do this together? Like, how can we make an impact together? And so when I'm thinking of like helping other people or going after the dreams of my own heart, I'm not just thinking, 
okay, how can I go run a hundred miles? Or how can I have, you know, another short-term rental property or whatever? I'm really thinking, how do these things all work together to create a better life where we are the best versions of ourselves and we're making the biggest impact on the world? So for me, you know, like the ministry and short-term rental stuff, like none of it is like accidental. And even for the most part, where we've chosen to invest is not accidental. Like it's making us money, but it's a benefit to our life too. Like these are places we love to go. These are places, you know, that we love the mountains. And so my kids are into that. My wife is into that. You know, we'll go do short-term rental stuff. And then we'll also go all run and have these amazing adventures together as a family. And so even the hobbies we do together are fitting into that overall where we're going as a family, you know? So it's yeah. it's like, everybody's not going in these different directions and we're trying to kind of get it to fit together. It's like, we're trying to design a life where all this stuff does really kind of fit together. And so, yeah, I would encourage people just to kind of ask that question for themselves, you know, cause there's a thousand different directions you can go in real estate, right? I mean, you could, there's so many different ways to sure. make money. There's so many different ways to invest, but it's like, what is going to be the best way for your life? You know, cause ultimately none of us are about going after money. I mean, we're all about going after happiness, right? We're all about going after how can I have the best life that I can have? And money is just like one part of that. And so, you know, short-term rentals, it's not for everybody and figuring out like, okay, what is that type of business or what is that type of investment that, you know, you want to go into and just helping people to ask the question, okay, are the things I'm doing right now today, are those things helping to move this strategy forward for my life? And is mm -hmm. that strategy ultimately helping the vision, the goal, where my life is going ultimately, you know? Because I think you either have people that had these huge dreams about where they want to go and they don't know how to put that on paper for like, what's the three most important things I do today? And mm -hmm. then you have other people maybe that are real detail-oriented, real analytical. They're all about like the discipline of today and the things I need to be doing but they're not necessarily connected to that overall vision of where they're going. And so what I love to help people do is to try to connect all of that to say, okay, if you have this long-term vision, how do we get that all the way down to like the three most important things to do today and like the three most important things to do this month, you know? That's right. And so, I mean, I think about that and I think about that in, in your case, like if you have this vision for your life and that's a three or five-year vision, whatever it is, that makes going through the hard times now a lot easier and a lot more like, okay, this is a minor obstacle. So you had that happen in your life. You actually had a cabin that you had just bought, getting ready to put on the rental market, and it caught on fire and burned down. Yep. Tell us a little bit about that and how you got through that and or how you're going through that. And did you ever just think like, oh man, this isn't for me? Or did you always kind of say, yeah, you know, maybe this is an unwavering thing and we always had this vision? So there's a there's a truth in in ultra running and one running 100 miles that is kind of a common thing for people in that community. And the basic idea is it doesn't always get worse. The idea of that is like you're running 100 miles and at mile 70, like you're going to feel like you're going to die. And you're, the, the thing in your head would say, there's no way this gets better from here. Like, how could this not just get worse from here? But right. the crazy thing is, and I'll relate this back to business and short-term rentals, like it doesn't always get worse. Like you could be in like the worst times. And if you just persevere and stay in it, it doesn't always get worse. And actually, in fact, a lot of times it ends up getting better. So 
you referencing our cabin that burned down in Pigeon Forge. So the end of last March, 2022, this is the absolute just like worst situation. So we have been wanting to invest over there for many, many years. And so finally, you know, after all these years of thinking about it, we buy a rental cabin over there. You know, we got an incredible interest rate with just where the, you know, where the market was and everything under 3%. And, you know, we spend a month getting the house ready and doing all the stuff, you know, like it was already a short-term rental, but, you know, we changed the decorations, we furnished it, Mm -hmm. we spent money furnishing all this stuff about a month, you know, and people, if you're not paying someone to do that and you're doing it, you're just kind of doing it yourself. Everybody knows how, what hard work that is. So we get our very first guest, literally the very first guest in the house, family of five from Michigan, they're on spring break and, you know, they're out at Dollywood for the day and we get text message from our HOA saying, Hey, there's a fire in the area and they've shut down all the streets. And of course, when you hear something like that, you don't actually think your actual house is going to burn down, you know, like we just thought, okay, well, that's a bummer, you know, and we let the family know, Hey, you know, they shut all the roads down. Well, it took three days to find out which house is actually burned down. So because they blocked all that off and we started to learn, yes, some houses in our neighborhood definitely burned down, but it took three days to know if our house burned down or not. And as crazy as the wildfire was, there were streets where half the houses burned down and half the houses were still there. And there there were streets where there's a house that's totally fine and a house right next to it that burned down. So we come to find out my whole street is like on this ridge and every single house on that ridge just, I mean, incinerated basically. So, I mean, it was just, it was devastating for us, you know, just because all the effort that went into it. And uh, so when something happens like that, you know, I think you got to just like, the way I see it in my mind is just radical acceptance. Like you got to grieve, you got to emotionally deal with it. And then you just got to radically accept what happened and just move on from there. And I made a commitment. I told my wife, I told anybody that would, you know, talk to me about it. I said, I'm going to be the very first person on my street that gets a house rebuilt. After the grieving process of it burning down, I'm like, I'm just going to make it happen, you know? And so long story short, we're about, you know, probably two weeks from being totally done. It's actually being furnished as we speak. The house is done. And the crazy part is it's going to be way better than it was before. Um, The mile 70. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a better house. It's brand new. We built it with short-term rentals in mind. You know, we even put some extra money to invest to build a better house. And so long-term it's going to be like way better, but I mean, it just was total. It was just, it was horrible in the moment, you know, but that's how business is a lot of times. Right. I mean, it's like, if you totally just kind of get in your feelings around things aren't going well right now. And if you're just willing to stick it out, you know, and just continue to work hard and continue to do the best you can. A lot of times, you know, you can kind of end up coming out the other side and, you know, for, for our particular, like having an actual better rental or a better experience or making more money or whatever. And I mean, there's a good lesson in there just from a practical X's and O's standpoint. I mean, you had pretty good insurance and that helped you get through it from a, just a blocking and tackling standpoint, right? Yeah. 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 We, I would say we kind of lucked out a little bit, like just having purchased, you know, like our insurance was about as close as it could be to what the rebuild cost was going to be. You know, I feel mm-hmm. horrible for other people in that area because there are a lot of people that are underinsured. And a lot of a lot of us, because we never had a house burned down, we don't even quite know how our insurance works. 
You know, like we just assume, oh, well, whatever the market value of the house is, they'll just write me a check for that. And it's definitely not definitely not how it works. But we did we did kind of luck out seeing that we had just purchased the house, you know, probably two months, two months before it burned down. I'm definitely an expert now on that whole process. The, uh, you know, having a loss of use insurance and how it all works and how you get the money and how that goes to the contractor. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite the process, but. Yeah, I actually know some folks who own hotels and that's their bit of advice is always over insure. You'll be able to, you know, use part of the hotel while you're rebuilding. I mean, obviously in a house, you can't do that, but their advice is always over insure it, it. It pays for itself if ever there's a disaster. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Bobby, man, really, really appreciate you being on the show. I think this has been really good. A lot of good little nuggets in there for listeners. If somebody wanted to get in touch with you and wanted to reach out, whether that's about coaching or learn more about your STR business, how would they do that? Yeah. So I'd say a um, couple of different ways. I mean, uh, you know, my personal email, Harrington's, H-E-R-R-I-N-G-T-O-N-S, Harrington's run at gmail.com. My running coaching business called 205 Endurance. It's a 205 Endurance. And, you know, that's where I coach ultra running and all that stuff and put out a bunch of stuff about doing hard things and you know, the importance of discipline and running a hundred miles and all that stuff. We do have a direct booking on some of our properties. It's called Pitchell Properties. So pitchellproperties.com. You could see some of our properties on there. So yeah, I'd love to hear from anybody and uh, any way I can help at all. Just let me know. Awesome, man. This has been great. Really appreciate you being on the show and um, we'll catch you soon. Thank you for listening. And don't forget about the tools available to subscribers the property manager self-assessment tool, my property upgrade walkthrough list, or the chance to feel like a millionaire for the weekend by checking out one of our own properties in person. It's all available on our website, www.goodendeavorstrshow.com.